Welcome to Mokina's Front Porch, a Mokina history podcast with Matt Gaelic and me, Israel Smith. Matt, welcome back to my front porch for Thank another you. episode of Mokina's Front Porch. Yeah. Another beautiful summer night Absolutely. and our guests tonight are the cicadas or whatever else is making yeah. noise out here. So yeah. Uh, enjoy that, as well as the lovely sounds of Mokina and the train going by. So. Oh, definitely. Very Mokina. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, if it wasn't for that train, we wouldn't be here. That's true. Yeah, 100%. So this episode, we're talking about a property that everybody that knows downtown would recognize. Yeah. Uh, it's 11042 Front Street. So, Matt, yeah. maybe you can explain this property. How do we know this property? Sure. It's, uh, it is an old historic house uh, that was formerly a place of business and uh, with some living space up on the second floor. Now it is um, entirely uh, been divided up into apartments. It is on the north side of Front Street uh, on the, let's see, that would be the northeast corner of Front and Mokina Streets. Uh, or uh, right next to Little Al's. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the next place uh, west of Little Al's. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like Little Al's, this is not a new property. No. It's been sitting there for a few years. Oh, yes, it has. When uh, when was this property uh, built? It was built around uh, 18, 1868. Yeah. So just a few years after the Civil War. Wow. So, yeah. you know, people getting off the train for all those years have been seeing this house, you know, kind yeah. of greet people and yeah, they we'll talk about, it's been a business through the years and then converted to, um, some residents, uh, as it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and before we get into it, one of the things that you talk about, uh, maybe explain the issue we talked about a little bit with, uh, the, the last name yeah. of the owner. Yeah. So, um, the gentleman who built, this property and conducted his business. He was a pharmacist there for quite a quite a few years. Was a man by the name of Moritz Weiss, and I am pronouncing his name specifically his last name in the German way because he was born in what is today Germany, uh, and his last name means white, the color white. Um, however, I'm I'm pronouncing it the the German way because it's spelled W E I S S and uh, German, a, a W is pronounced like a V. So uh, if you're if you've read my blog piece or maybe you've heard me talk about him some other place, uh, it might be confusing because it, it looks like his name is pronounced Weiss. But in his tongue and in the uh, the speech of a lot of the people that lived here in Mokina with him at the time he was alive, uh, they would have been saying Weiss. And with Germany. Uh, being such a predominant area that people were coming from, we yeah. we see a number of cases of that where names have changed. Um, yeah, like yeah. Mr. David Krop for one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The the official so the German pronunciation would be Krop, just as he pronounces it. Although in in German it's spelled their surname is spelled K R A P P, and then after the family was around here in Mokina for so many years and the German speakers started to die out. Well, it's like, you know, when you look, you look at it in English and it looks uh, like it's sure. pronounced crap. So, so not so much maybe of a, a proper pronunciation as kind of an Americanization for, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That definitely. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in any case, that was a big 
German presence in town. Oh, so sure, yeah. we see that come up uh, here and there with those those names, especially the ones that are a little more difficult yeah. uh, for us non-German speakers. <laughs> to... Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so the the vices. Mm-hmm. All right. And then um, another thing we were talking about a little bit was an interesting story that uh, you had concerning um, the Manhattan Manhattan Project. Yeah, absolutely. So as I uh, have been conducting my Mokina research for so many years, uh, I once many years ago happened across a little blurb in the news bulletin, which was Mokina's uh, hometown newspaper for many, many years describing a man moving to town. This is in the years right after World War II. A man moving to town and uh, renting an apartment in this property, which uh, at the time a lot of people were still call- calling the Blazer Building, which we'll, we'll get into that history. Uh, and anyway, this man, whose name is totally escaping me, uh, it was indicated by the news bulletin that he had worked on the project to develop the atomic bomb uh and which is a very interesting little bit of history there uh but going back digging through my archive trying to find this citation as it were i can't find it uh nor can i remember exactly when it appeared in the news bulletin so um but it would make Total sense, considering yeah, yeah. University of Chicago was a big part of that. We're yeah. sitting right out here. Yeah, right. Um, or was this, uh, do you remember, was the idea that it was while this was going on, uh, while the Manhattan Project was going on, he yeah. was living there? Or was it It seems post? If, it seems if I remember that it, right, that it was post. It was okay. after. Yeah. I wish I could remember the gentleman's name. Totally escaping me. Well, very interesting. Well, that would be something if we run across it to maybe bring back up in yeah. a future article because uh, it's always neat to see when our town kind of has a little sprinkle of history on it, you know, yeah. in different places and and sure. questions, especially when it's less clear things like that, you know, yeah. that have have uh, come upon us. Oh, definitely it does. Yeah. Uh, so, like we said, this is a property that everybody in Mokina knows. People have been uh, greeting it, either walking past to Little Al's or yeah. Um, and using it as a place of business. So let's uh, let's get into this article you posted October 30th of 2020. Wow. And titled, If Walls Could Talk, The Historic House at 11042 Front Street. History is everywhere. And if one were to ask just where to find it, the possible answers would leave the Inquisitor's head spinning. Gettysburg, Valley Forge and Tombstone are but a few of the places one would be told to look. Limiting the locations to just those in Illinois, we'd even hear of Grant's Galena or Lincoln's Springfield. However, we don't even have to leave home to find it, for if we stay within the gates of Mokina, we'd find 11042 Front Street, a place steeped in well over a century and a half's worth of local verve. To understand the decades of history at this ageless location, we must first part the fog of time and look to a gentleman named Moritz Weiss. He came into the world on January 10, 1830, and was a native of picturesque Neuenburg in the kingdom of Württemberg in what is today southwest Germany. The son of an esteemed doctor, the young man became a pharmacist in his homeland 
before spending time practicing his trade in various locales in Switzerland. Good fate brought him to America and then to our community in 1854, then a mere hamlet located along the newly built Chicago, Rock Island, and Pacific Railroad. After he got settled in his new home, Moritz Weiss married Julia Gall in October 1856, an estimable Mokina lady who was described at least once as one of the best-hearted women in town, as well as having been immortalized by history as being the proprietor of the village's first inn, along with her late first husband, Carl. After their marriage, the historic record indicates that they continued to keep up a rooming house together, counting six lodgers in the summer of 1860, including young Samuel Tinley, Mokina's Rock Island agent. During the tumultuous years of that decade, one that would be fraught with civil war, Caroline Emily Fisher, a Mokina infant whose father wasn't on the scene, was taken in by the vices and raised as their own. The only child of Moritz and Julia, she would be called the light and sunshine of their pleasant home. At some point long disappeared into the pages of posterity, Moritz Weiss hung out his shingle and gained the honor of being Mokina's first pioneer pharmacist. He was successful in his business and decided to upgrade in the prosperous years immediately after the war. In February of 1867, Weiss bought a lot on the northeast corner of Front and Mokina Streets from Leonard and Sarah Rudd for $550, or around $10,200 in today's money. By the summer of 1868, he had built a brand new building on this site that would contain space for his pharmacy on the first floor and living quarters for his family directly above. The new place was considered a jewel in Mokina during an era where there was much construction. Barely two years after the shop opened, trouble struck when, in the words of the Joliet Republican, some scamps who had been off on a drunk hurled a huge rock through the pharmacy's front window under the cover of darkness one Saturday night, causing no small amount of damage. Julia Weiss was scared out of bed by the racket, and in going to investigate the commotion, received for her trouble a nasty cut on her foot from a shard of glass. A journalist at the time would later describe the Weiss Pharmacy as having a full supply of bitters and sweets and a general assortment of soothing syrups, worm lozenges, plasters, and nursing bottles. The same writer noted, while painting a vivid picture of the Mokinian, that Moritz Weiss was fat and jolly and was possessed of a merry whistle. Another contemporary beamed that he was a man of liberal education and of good judgment, both of these points being backed up by the fact that he owned a substantial personal library. Weiss was also well involved in local affairs, having taken the office of Justice of the Peace, as well as Frankfurt Township clerk and treasurer. That the earliest years of this landmark took place in a world completely different from ours is best demonstrated by the fact that at the end of 1881, the newly formed village board ordered Weiss to clean up a cesspool that had formed in his yard, a problem begat by the lack of indoor plumbing in the era. The problem wasn't completely solved, as nearly two years later, in August 1883, the town board of health noted that there was too much manure on site, not to mention an unsanitary outhouse. 
Pharmacist Weiss died in town on February 7th, 1882, after a battle with dropsy. And as a show of his stature in the community, the cortege that carried his earthly remains to St. John's Cemetery was one of the largest that Mokina had ever seen. After her husband's passing, Julia Weiss retained ownership of the pharmacy property for decades. She later married a Jolietten named Louis Blazer, and hence the place was known by some Mokinians simply as the Blazer Building. Happenings here for most of the last two decades of the 19th century are hard to put into focus, although the building still seems to have served the servants of Hippocrates, with local Civil War veteran Dr. William Becker maintaining his office here in roughly this time frame. An enterprising young pharmacist named Richard Hensel, a 28-year-old Mokinian by way of Chicago, moved into this address in March 1896 with his goods, and the Mokina post office followed him a little over a year later. The druggists kept coming as Dr. D.P. Teeter set up shop here in the spring of 1904. Teeter had spent 10 years in Omaha, Nebraska, and received his diploma from the Baltimore Medical College before also attending postgraduate courses at the Johns Hopkins School in Chicago. In the summer of 1905, the whole place almost literally went up in smoke. While the cause of the nasty fire was never gotten to the bottom of, the blaze started behind the prescription case and wiped out Dr. Teeter's entire stock of drugs, while one local newspaper also said that the furniture and building were badly scorched. Luckily, the building's bones were good and it sprung back from the fire better than ever. By the dawn of the 20th century, Julia Blazer was in the eighth decade of her life and was considered the doyen of Mokina. After she passed away in May 1911, the reading of her will revealed her generosity to those she loved, and ultimately, her niece, Julia Sheik, inherited the old drugstore on the corner, moving in with her elderly mother, Elizabeth, in the fall of that year. As Father Time marked the passing days, Willard Marty later opened an ice cream shop and pool room in this historic spot, holding his grand opening in August 1927. Going into venture with partner Walter Hummerding, the 22-year-old Marty was the son of prominent Mokidian Edward Marty, a village trustee and future mayor. The dealings at the shop weren't completely on the up-and-up, however as a Prohibition-era raid by a special investigator from the Will County State's Attorney's Office in the fall of 1930 netted such contraband as two barrels of beer and four and a half jugs of moonshine that had been secreted away on the property. The State's Attorney had been tipped off by some concerned Mokino women who reported that the illegal booze was being peddled to underage boys and that illicit gambling was also taking place on the premises. Well, Gus Brown... Marty and Hummerding's employee, pled guilty to the charges and was hit with a stiff $200 fine, it remains unclear what consequences the ice cream shop's proprietors felt. For posterity's sake, Willard Marty denied the rumors and stated to the village news bulletin that they had no basis in reality. Going forward, in the spring of 1943, the property was purchased by L.S. Janes of the Sears and Roebuck firm who was taking it off the hands of Mokinians William Hellenhaus, August Hench, and George Knudsen, its mortgage holders. Mr. Janes immediately got to work sprucing up the place, which by the World War II years was regarded as being somewhat run down. 
with the news bulletin even calling it a dilapidated eyesore. Nevertheless, the paper acknowledged that the newly refurbished building would be a real asset to the community and called the work a fine improvement to the historic building. It was made over into three apartments, the first inhabitants of which were Mr. and Mrs. John Feltonhouse, the former working with the WLS radio transmitter northeast of town, local Rock Island Telegraph operator Mr. Froggy and his wife, as well as Mr. Jane's mother. Thus it remains to this day a silent witness to decades of local flavor. This time-honored landmark has stood for nearly 150 years at Front and Mokina Streets, at a place that some villagers have even called the Times Square of Mokina. May it stand for 150 more years. That's great. Thank you. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is, and I'm sure it's it's had a heyday that you know, and and I I know the current owner has has done work to it. Yeah. You know, it's a lot to keep an old property like that in good condition. It but, is. Yeah. You know, it's great to see, and especially to know how old of a property is, how significant. You know to be able to have a picture and you, there's a great picture on here showing that property, um, you know, that again, we'll share and put on Facebook as well. Um, yeah. but to know like this was the face of the town of our town in the late 1800s, yeah, you know, and pretty cool. And since then, um, along with a few of the other properties that still remain, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. So I was curious cause if you look at the front of the property, there's that small uh, section to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, do you know if that was original to the property? I do not. However, what I can say is that it is nevertheless very, very old. As uh, I have uh, in my collection a photo of the building from it must have been taken about the 1890s or so. And in that picture, that little wing is there already. Okay. So if it wasn't built right when the rest of the building was built. It was already there by yeah around the 1890s, the end of the 19th century. And what a what a great uh, definition of Mr. Weiss, um, fat and jolly. Yeah, and yeah he had a merry that. whistle. Yeah, I thought I mean, that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> that is great. Yeah, it really paints a picture. Yeah, and you know, then knowing he was a German guy, and yeah, it just kind of fits. Probably had later hosen walking around. Yeah, and, yeah, I'd like to think so. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Um. And you talked, he, when he passed, it was from dropsy. Yeah. I, I, what is dropsy? Do you know dropsy. anything what, <laughs> about that? You know, that's a good question. There are all of those old archaic medical terms that, and I've looked up all of them to what they correspond to now, but I can't remember what dropsy is. Okay. Is it tuberculosis? Maybe tuberculosis, but I'm not positive on that. So maybe if one of our listeners knows, um, it's easily, you know, any, anybody can Google it. But um, yeah, I forget. I forget what dropsy is, but it, it claimed a lot of people uh, years ago because you in, in looking at old accounts from from that time frame, you, you hear it mentioned a lot. So it was it was definitely nothing, nothing to sneeze at. And then, as we said, this property was first purchased in... Uh, 1867 by Mr. Weiss yeah. for a total of $550. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the last recorded record of a sale that we have was August of 2020. Oh, wow. And it sold for $224,000. Oh, wow. 
um, to a trust that still holds it now. So okay, a little bit more than the five hundred fifty dollars yeah. uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, but, uh, it's great to see that. You know, again, like these few that still remain, it's great to see. You know, people are willing to spend the time and money and effort. Yeah, uh, to to keep the building there. It is. It's it, fantastic. Yeah. So it's a miracle. It's great that they're doing it. Hopefully that keeps up and people can enjoy, uh, you know, getting off the Rock Island train yep. and seeing what it looked like, you know, a hundred plus years ago. Yeah, definitely. Anything else, highlight. Matt, you want to add about this property? Uh, no, nothing really comes to mind. Just that it's uh, one of the, one of Front Street's jewels. And uh, I've always been very interested in this property and its history and couple years ago i felt like it was time to finally uh write about it on the on the blog so and what about these pictures that you posted any you want to say a little bit about those yeah uh, anything you'd want to add about those yeah yeah so the the picture of the kind of the streetscape of front street there uh that's actually a postcard uh and you can kind of guess it's probably taken around 1910 or so uh, and that's that's not actually a color image. Uh, what it was was uh, at some point it had been hand tinted or hand colored that way, and then mass produced and and sold as such. And you do see on the side of Al's kind yeah. of the lettering. Do you know what that lettering was? Was that ever visible? I don't know what the lettering said. You can you can see it in old pictures, but you can never see all of it. Wow. Uh, and fun fact though. If you go up there today and you look hard enough, you can still see it. Really? Yeah, it's still there. It's just very, very faded, but it's still there. Wow. Uh, but unfortunately, it, none of it, you can't make out the entire words. Uh, I wish you could. Yeah, yeah. That? Uh, you've got a picture here of uh, Moritz Weiss's uh, grave yeah. in St. John's Cemetery. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, a current picture of the house. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Showing what it looks like there. Well, good. Well, another interesting article. You know, it's always, Thank you. as we said, you know, the, the few remaining Front Street properties that remain that are still there, you know, it's uh, great to see. And again, you kind of you get that picture of what Mokina was like in the olden days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, all right. Well, great. Thanks, Matt. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. Good to talk to you. Likewise. Definitely. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're enjoying our show, it would really help us out a lot if you would leave us a rating and a review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as share our show with your friends and your family. There's a link in the show notes to Matt's blog article that this episode was based on, so be sure to check that out. If you have any ideas for a show or have any questions we can try to answer, please send us an email at mokinasfrontporch at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and hopefully answer your question on the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Mokina's Front Porch.